This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Wednesday afternoon, a brand new month, February 1st. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. A new tool can reportedly determine if text was written by a person or by artificial intelligence. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, the Fed is expected to announce another rate hike in the next hour. We're joined by David Jones, chairman of DMJ Advisors in Denver, author of the book, understanding central banking. David, thanks for joining us this afternoon. The The interest rate hike is not the real story today, it sounds like. Exactly. Um, it's more a story of where the Fed is headed and how hawkish uh, the Fed chairman will be in, in uh, looking ahead. Um, I think not only are we going to get that widely expected quarter point rate hike today, but I think we'll get several more uh, before the job is done. And I think the Fed will emphasize that it's going to keep at it until the job is done um, uh, without any interruption. We go back to that Jackson Hole speech by the Fed chairman last year when he rang the gong with a very hawkish view, and uh, that has persisted all the way through the Fed rate hikes. I was going to say, David, uh, with all due respect to uh, chat GPT, but if somebody asked me to uh, write a Jerome Powell statement for this afternoon, it would go something along the lines of uh, the monetary tightening will continue until morale improves. Exactly. Uh, until the job is done. And uh, we are seeing some good news on inflation. <clears throat> We've seen inflation come down in terms of pressure, but uh, we're still not there yet. And the Fed's going to emphasize that uh, strongly in the remarks today. The uh, jobs report uh, that comes out on Friday, is that a pivotal piece of data? Because so far, uh, despite all of the Fed attempts to uh, slam on the brakes for the economy, or at least slow it down, the job market has been fairly resilient. ADP report came out this morning showing there's some slowing take go, some some a slowdown taking place. Uh, if that continues through the Labor Department report on Friday, will that inform Fed decision making? It sure will. The Fed always looks at that job, that monthly jobs number, as a key economic indicator and labor has been quite strong uh, two problems in the economy the biden administration's war on fossil fuels misguided war on fossil fuels and rigid weight uh weight i'll get it out in a minute wage rate increases that have been stronger than expected and um, uh, that's really what colors the fed's thinking here, and uh, I don't see any let-up in that strong labor market. We've seen layoffs, but it really has 
not affected uh, the unemployment rate or other indicators of labor market strength to the degree I think the Fed thought it would. And then, David, very quickly, if you're an investor or a trader, how fine are the teeth on your comb when it comes to uh, parsing Jay Powell's statements about uh, possible monetary easing? Well, the market wants to believe that before the end of the year, the Fed will be easing. The Fed is going to use every power it has to convince the markets it's not going to be cutting rates uh, before the end of the year. And uh, once we get to a rate level, which the Fed thinks is appropriate to kill inflation, somewhere above 5% would be my guess, um, they're going to keep it there through the end of the year with not the chance of a rate cut. David Jones, chairman, DMJ Advisors, based in Denver, author of the book Understanding Central Banking. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. OpenAI, the company behind the popular ChatGPT platform, is launching a new tool to help detect whether text was written by a person or by artificial intelligence. We welcome in Shelley Palmer, CEO of the Palmer Group, founder of the Medic Academy based in New York, the website ShellyPalmer.com. Shelly, thanks for joining us today. How rampant is AI cheating in the halls of academia these days? How rampant is any cheating in the halls of academia these days? Because <laughs> <laughs> when you answer that question, you can answer the second question. Students have always found a way to, let's just say, enhance their, their chances um, I think what people are concerned about right now is you really can't tell the difference between something that uh, is written by ChatGPT and edited and something that is originally written. Except, look, I'm the professor of advanced media and residence at the New Mass School of Public Communications at Syracuse, and I teach at the master's level. And uh, ChatGPT came out late November of last year, and so at the end of the semester, the essays, some of the kids had uh, students, I won't call them kids. Some of the students had, let's just say, wandered in astray into ChatGPT. But it was obvious and instant. Why? Because the essays were perfect. That great topic sentence, good thesis stated in the first paragraph with supporting sentences, then three great explanatory and supporting paragraphs and a wonderful conclusion that's all cogent and logical. Students don't write that well. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously cheating. So basically, this is the, uh, the, the, the high-tech equivalent of your parents helped you with this project, didn't they? Exactly. It's exactly right. And, you know, ChatGPT has only read the Internet up to 2021. So if anything happened in the last two years that's germane to what it is you're studying, it's not going to be there. This is a good way. Look, it's a productivity enhancer. So if I had a lot of writing to do, I would use ChatGPT to get me started. There are ways to do it. We call it prompt crafting. You can you can teach it to, to write in your style a little bit, and you can get what you need out of it. But pure cheating, you can cheat with Google just as well. And there are some plagiarism checkers. I think the bigger problem, Rob, is that there's really no way to check for the plagiarism, right? Where you can check, uh, there are if someone copies and pastes something off of Google, there are plagiarism checkers that will go check the engine and go, wow, you stole this sentence. And that's that's patently and blatantly illegal, and it's really cheating. But here, because every time you prompt ChatGPT, it writes something a little different, it's really hard. Even the tool that the uh, people at OpenAI made, what they called an AI classifier, it's only going to be accurate about 25%, 26% of the time. I mean, three-quarters of the stuff it reads, it doesn't know if it wrote. 
I did see one potential workaround. This was uh, some wag on Twitter who suggested that maybe uh, college professors need to bring back the old-fashioned uh, blue book for essay questions. Oh, don't you love the blue book? The thing is, what you need to do, honestly, if you're a college professor, is don't be old-fashioned. Be new-fashioned and use uh, these tools to teach your students and teachers learn to use it and then teach your students to use it because this tech isn't going away. It's only going to get better. And you wouldn't say to somebody, oh, you shouldn't learn to use Google and you shouldn't use Google at school because, you know, that's cheating. Like, okay, um, no, it isn't because it's, it's a tool that's available in the outside world and the people who use it well have a competitive advantage in the job market. So being good at this is going to get you a better job. Being, a, being able to work with an AI coworker in a very productive way will make you many times more productive than your competitors. You want your kids to have that advantage. You want them to learn to be great at this. So the idea that it's like, oh, no, don't do it is stupid. It's just flat out wrong, and I will argue that vigorously with anyone who stands up in front of me and tells me that this level of progress has to be ignored or has to be limited in some way. Folks, this toothpaste is not going back in the tube under any circumstances, and it's incumbent upon us to teach our children to use it well. And, Shelley, you can set your watch to the fact that some enterprising college student is going to uh, tweak the chat GPT AI algorithm to make it write questions that sound like a college student. I mean, you really do want something to say that, you know, the Battle of Hastings was a land of contrasts. <laughs> By the way, you're 100% right. There are three la- la- layers to this. There's the infrastructure layer where the models are trained and the inference layers, the work that workload runs. Then there's the model layer, the people who actually build the models themselves. And on top of the applications, there are going to be limitless applications. And one of them is certain to be. <laughs> Sounds like a college student. <laughs> <laughs> it's only a matter of time. Shelley Palmer, CEO of the Palmer Group, founder of the Med Academy in New York. Thanks for joining us today. The website, ShelleyPalmer.com. Coming up next, we'll look at why it's a good idea to introduce teens to investing early. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. <laughs> 
Because money matters. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's never too early to introduce teenagers to investing. And joining us now with some key advice is Mark Horner, Wealth Advisor at Fairhaven Wealth Management in Wheaton. Check out the website, fairhavenwealth.com. Mark, thanks for joining us today. And and at first blush, you know, there, there are a lot of good reasons to uh, teach people to start investing as soon as possible. And two of the very good reasons I can think of immediately is is it's good advice, and also it sets realistic goals. Uh, absolutely. I completely agree, Rob. And I think you're, you're hitting the nail on the head in terms of getting conversations started with kids early. And, and I think there's lots of different ways that you can come at it. Compound interest is a very, is a very powerful tool. I think you, you can maybe get a little lost in the weeds with kids talking through compound interest. So maybe just starting with stories from your own experience as a parent, whether you got started investing early uh, or you did not, I think sharing your own story with your with your kids about why that mattered to you and, and what opportunities maybe it opened up for you later in life. Again, whether you actually got started investing early or you wish that you had started earlier, I think sharing those personal stories with kids is a great way to start that conversation. I, a couple of weeks ago, we had a couple of, uh, we, we, do, we do segments every now and then on uh, financial advice via social media, FinTalk and Instagram pages and 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 accounts that are geared towards younger people who may not know a whole lot about the world of money and investing and I I let the algorithm go uh, just down a couple of accounts and it sends you into a, a rather a pretty toxic place pretty quickly a place where you as the young and not so savvy investor could be ripped off because they tell you about how you could be a billionaire in a couple of years you can drive luxury cars you can have private jets you can uh, vacation in Dubai only if you do these three simple things and and they're pretty conspiratorial as well so starting out investing on your own and knowing how it works keeps you from going down that path. Yeah, so you're you're talking to the wrong guy as far as TikTok world goes. I'm still running a dial-up modem at at, uh, at home, so I am not the technology guy. But but well, Mark, you're money... you're missing out on the world of hustling. Well, you know, it's a busy world, so it's on my it's on my list to do. But but as far as money goes, very important to be to know the source that you're talking to and to make sure that that is a that that is a trusted source so that you can you can lean on the advice that you're that you're getting that you're getting so i i completely agree going to social media as the as the first source is probably is probably not the not the place to not the place to go but again for for parents having conversations with kids to back to this idea of personalizing it and away from social media to get them get them involved with understanding what an investment in a stock actually means and so using examples that they can relate to in their everyday lives so these are not investment recommendations but things like Nike, Starbucks, Apple, McDonald's, Walmart, places that that kids have firsthand personal experience with and sharing with the, sharing with the kids that by getting started investing you have an opportunity to be an owner in in one of those in one of those companies. I think that's a much better way to to facilitate the conversation in a in a healthy way with kids that they can that they can really experience firsthand. Mark Horner, Wealth Advisor, Fairhaven Wealth Management in Wheaton. Thanks for joining us today. Still ahead on this Personal Finance Wednesday, some advice for couples to provide a smoother financial road. This is Chicago's News Traffic and Weather Station, News Radio 105.9.
The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. No classified documents have been found in a search of President Biden's beach house in Delaware. Weather has delayed the start of the funeral for Tyree Nichols in Memphis. It's Personal Finance Wednesday. We'll get advice to help couples handle challenging financial issues. Plus, Facebook's parent company is expected to release its quarterly earnings later today. WBBM Business. The markets are lower. The Dow is down 319 points. The NASDAQ is down 19. The S&P 500 is down 18. 23 degrees right now at O'Hare. Under mostly sunny skies, it feels like 11 at 1231. Topping our news at the half hour, today's FBI search of President Biden's Delaware Beach home has concluded. Agents have been investigating the president's handling of classified documents. None were found. CBS News White House correspondent Stephen Porter has more. This search wasn't announced in advance. A news crew stationed outside the president's vacation home saw FBI vehicles rolling in. The president's private attorney says it was a planned search done with Mr. Biden's consent. It's the third time now that agents have sifted through the president's papers and effects. There was the search in Wilmington last month, and we learned just this week that the FBI also searched the president's D.C. think tank office in mid-November. The president's attorney says while no classified documents were found, agents did take some handwritten notes and other materials relating to Mr. Biden's time as vice president for review. The start of the funeral for Tyree Nichols had to be delayed due to an ice storm that's been hampering travel in the area around Memphis. Memphis, Tennessee. Vice President Kamala Harris is expected to attend the service. Meantime, new information is coming to light about the fired officers charged in Tyree's death. Nichols' funeral follows revelations that four of the five fired Memphis police officers facing murder charges for his death had been reprimanded or suspended in the past. Anyone with a suspension record like that should certainly not have been on the force, certainly not on an elite force. The Memphis Police Department says it will release more audio and video of the violent encounter after its investigation concludes in the coming weeks. Jared Hill, CBS News. Memphis. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues. Stocks are trading lower this afternoon. Joining us with the latest in what's moving Wall Street is Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital and author of the book Calculated Risk, based in Chicago. Michael, thanks for joining us today. Is this simply a case of uh, investors uh, shoring up ahead of the interest rate announcement? Well, good afternoon, Robin. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, that's part of it. Part of it is we had some earnings come out this morning that maybe affecting some of the tech stocks. Um, but, yeah, we're waiting on the Fed. Uh, and the last, you know, three or four Fed meetings have been tough on investors just because they, they continue to raise rates. So uh, we're going to wait on, on, on Chairman Powell um, this afternoon and uh, digest what, what, what he has to say. And, uh, but, yeah, the markets are – also keep in mind the markets have had a pretty good year to start to start the year. So uh, taking a little bit of profits ahead of the Fed uh, seems to make sense. How is the street reacting to or is the street reacting to the ADP report from this morning, which came in below expectations? 100,000 jobs in the month of January. Economists were anticipating more. Yeah, well, I mean, that's it's a negative, but, you know, we've had ADP reports have been have been fairly solid in the past. So the labor market has been has been pretty has been pretty resilient. Um, so one report 
in, in my opinion, and I think in the market's uh, uh, reaction to it, is is negligible, and they're, they're more concerned right now about what the Fed's going to do. And if anything, that that uh, will help the Fed to maybe uh, end this uh, rate uh, raising cycle. So we'll have to see again uh, just after one o'clock central to see what. Uh, what the Fed has in, in mind, and then and wait for comments from Chairman Powell after that. Earnings season continues, and it's nice to see the sunshine on poor, beleaguered Peloton, uh, which really has uh, taken its lump since the uh, end of the pandemic closures, and people could go outside and go back to the gym again. And sadly for a lot of people, that bike they bought in 2020 is a, a really expensive uh, coat hanger. But uh, Peloton shares jumped after the fitness company post a growth in subscription revenue. Yeah, the stock's up 20% today, um, and it's doubled just in this year, so in a month. But, you know, as a lot of these names, these go-go names from a few years ago, it's still down 90% from its COVID high at late end of 2020. So the stock has rallied, and it looks great this year, but if you look at a long-term chart, it's it's gotten clobbered. So the the earnings that came out, uh, you know, they they're still losing money. Uh, they actually missed on the on the bottom line, but top line was better than expected. The revenue came in at 793 million versus uh, the expected was 710. So that, along with the CEO's comments that that he thinks that there's going to be, in, in his words, an epic comeback. You know, we'll see if it really happens. But at least they're showing that they're not circling the drain anymore. And uh, on a cash flow basis, um, it's leveling off. So the market's rewarding it basically because it's just punished it so much in the past. It doesn't take a whole lot on the earnings front to to get a rally like this in in a stock like Peloton. I mean, keep in mind, it's down 90% from its highs. Meanwhile, uh, Snapchat shares tumble 13% following a disappointing fourth quarter report. Yeah, Snap's another name that has gotten crushed uh, from, you know, a couple years ago. But the reason why this one isn't following Peloton is because they're not showing a, a, a rosy, or not even a rosy, a, a good forecast in the future. So they they uh, they, they they missed on on uh, well, they basically matched on revenue at 1.3 billion. But they're not showing uh, any signs that this is over. So the difference between Peloton and Snap today is that Peloton is actually kind of uh, improving in their metrics, whereas Snap is continuing to show. A a uh, a loss in I mean in 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 revenues and and no no end in sight. So uh, snaps a little bit a little bit uh, different than than Peloton and how the market is reacting. And it just it's just basically on on the projections going out a couple quarters, whereas Peloton is showing that it might be turning it around. Snap seems to continue to go down, and that's the ad revenue problem that a lot of these social media platforms are having. Snap is 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 probably the worst beneficiary of, of the, the problem of, of all of them. And we'll see Facebook tonight, whether Facebook follows suit as well. But Snap, uh, Snap looks like it's continuing to have a lot of pain. Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital, author of the book Calculated Risk, based in Chicago. Coming up next, Personal Finance Wednesday, we'll talk about how couples can deal with challenging financial issues. Your best stock option. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. 
On this Personal Finance Wednesday, money issues can present big challenges to a marriage that can actually begin before a couple says, I do. Here with some advice to pave a smoother financial road for couples is Ed Jertsen, certified financial planner, founder of the Engage Wealth Group, based in Chicago, past president of the National Financial Planning Association. Ed, thanks for joining us today. It's February, the month of love, the month of romance, because Valentine's Day is around the corner, or you're especially patriotic and you have uh, strong feelings about President's Day. And what what, what better way to introduce the uh, concept of romance in this month than uh, talking about the ways in which uh, couples get into fights over money. Now, you've been doing this for a long time, Matt. I'm sure you got a lot of really interesting stories about some interesting couples, familiar situations. Have you talked to people in which the spouses don't know uh, where the money is all stashed or how much the other one's making? Yeah, this is this is one of the more interesting parts of my career choice, Rob, is that, you know, as you can imagine, very few times are couples on the exact same wavelength when it comes to money. And I think one of the biggest things that I try to impart upon our clients who have different viewpoints is to respect those viewpoints and understand where it's coming from, because all of us have money experience in what I call our money DNA, and it doesn't mean it's right or wrong. You just have to have a meeting of the minds of how that's going to work in your relationship. And and the the idea of of keeping certain portions of your bank account or your earnings it just seems so entirely foreign to me because I remember uh, when my wife and I were dating fourteen years ago we had been going out for several months and we actually we finally had the how much do you make conversation and after a couple of minutes of you go first no you go first no you go first we just laid it out there on the table we were in a car we were driving out to dinner and that level of honesty has just led to so it's just taken a great deal of stress out of the relationship because you know how much you have you know what the budget is you know what the expectations are and yeah there are some times where you wonder how you can make the math work out but you do and you're not fooling anybody along the way well, full financial transparency, I think, is really important. And it doesn't mean on your first date you're pulling out your FICO scores and your credit report. But ultimately, before you say, I do, remember that love does conquer all, except if you're not on the same page again when it comes to finances. So understanding what you're getting into beforehand is really important. So what we're seeing more today, especially with the younger generation, is that that bifurcation of, well, you handle all the finances and we'll have all this money in one account. We're not seeing that. We're seeing more and more younger couples with, you know, this is kind of my mad money, this is sort of your mad money, and then this is our money that gets used for household bills. And that's okay. But again, to your point, full transparency is important. We're big, big proponents of no secrets because that's where things really start to become unraveled, especially if those secrets are dark secrets in terms of debt and some of the past uh, issues that you may have had in your finances. There was a, a plot line in a Mad Men episode about how the uh, Sterling Cooper gang was working with a bank and they wanted to do an ad campaign for the uh, discreet account for the gentleman of the house uh, to keep some money on the side for uh, whatever activities they didn't want uh, Mrs. Executive to know about. And that was a real thing. I mean, I remember my dad telling me that uh, when the company he was working for introduced direct deposit, a lot of the executives panicked because their wife would know how much they actually made. Is that a, a, still a thing today? So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about 
infidelity at a different time, but let's talk about financial infidelity, right? So that's what we don't want, right? So if you have your respective accounts, your side accounts, where, you know what, I just want to be able to buy or do things that I want, be okay with that and be transparent about it. But again, come to that collective sort of agreement of what does that mean? And so you you can get into some serious issues when one spouse is making much more money than the other spouse. Then you get into ego and some really serious issues that, that are just beyond my scope, if you would, in terms of financial counseling. But ultimately, again, having a meeting of the minds, what's comfortable and what's not, and don't use money as leverage. Because again, we should not be fighting over money if we can, but we all know that that's one of the most uh, focused areas of disagreement among couples. Be transparent, you know, use the the upcoming um, uh, Valentine's Day for full transparency. And then again, have a a commitment to this sort of like-minded approach, because again, that will go a long way in terms of solving some issues that are, you know, in front of you today, but not only in the future. Roses are red, violets are blue. Check out my W-2. What do you think? (laughs) Not a bad thing, but again, you know, when you're getting into it before you get married, yes, full transparency is important because today's financial world is much, much more complicated than it was in your past years past and understanding everything from credit card debt, student loan debt, have an understanding of, again, what you're getting into before the I do's and before you get too far along. Not that you're not going to love that person because of that, but again, we want to avoid surprises and make this a happy endeavor and not something that's challenging out of the gate. Ed Jertsen, founder of the Engage Wealth Group in Chicago. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Facebook parent Meta is set to report earnings after the bell today, kicking off a host of quarterly results from major tech companies. Joining us now with the preview is Chris Johnson, market strategist with the Johnson Research Group in Cincinnati. Chris, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Snapchat already disappointing the street. Uh, will we expect this? Will this trend continue with Meta, which is already uh, in a world of hurt? Yeah, I would expect the same to come out to Meta here. You're seeing a trade flat right around 150 bucks right now, Rob. Um, and it's had quite a rally. I mean, we've ridden from about 120 up to 150 here in 2023. As a lot of people, I think, are feeling something you and I talked about a couple weeks ago, which is that FOMO rally again. Uh, what you're going to get with Meta is another view at how they are going in terms of re Uh, redesigning their company, let's say. But we're also going to get something that I think is very important looking forward to uh, what we'll see from Alphabet and a few others over the next couple days. And that is what advertising revenue is doing. Is advertiser, uh, are, are, I should say, advertisers still spending money? Um, And if not, I think we see, you know, Another little step lower here in Meta, Alphabet, and a few other of these big names. Before we move on to uh, Alphabet, uh, is it kind of fair to evaluate Meta as one would a rebuilding sports team? They're clearly reorienting the business around artificial intelligence and the metaverse because uh, seemingly every man, woman, and child in the U.S. has now found a way to uh, reconnect with their friends from high school. And is that how analysts, will, will they evaluate Facebook or Meta based on what they're doing, what they want to do versus what they're doing now? Well, the analysts will indeed. And that's why we see analyst targets remaining high on these names um, versus having their target prices lowered. 
what you've got to consider is also the individual investors here and what they will read. Um, because we've kind of gone into this, again, phase where the smaller investor is driving a lot of activity. If you notice over the last couple of weeks, we have seen large analysts come out or analysts from big wirehouses come out and say, hey, there's more to the downside here. Nonetheless, individual investors are charging forward right now. So let me just bring that back to your question. Institutions are going to be a little more patient than the retail investors, which retail investors have been driving the tape here uh, over the last month. So look for it to be a little bit bumpy. I love the analogy there of a rebuilding sports team. If you look at Microsoft, not to bring another name into the mix, Microsoft is also getting into that AI space very quickly, but at the same time, they've done a decent job of managing, obviously, their uh, services between Azure, Office 365. So not quite as, as big of a change, obviously, for Microsoft and even Alphabet when you're talking AI and new technologies. And then very quickly, Chris, uh, when it comes to uh, the big tech names that all became you know, pandemic darlings in 2020 and 2021, when you look at uh, their decline since then, is this a, uh, a decline based on actual business conditions or is this just a return to the 2019 trend? I think it's a return to the 2019 uh, trend, but it is also, Rob, very important to point out that we are seeing signs, even though we'll hear from the Fed here in about seven minutes, we're seeing signs that that recessionary risk still looms out there heavy on the market. And you got to remember these big tech names, not only are they on our home computers, but more importantly, capital expenditure. If we see capital expenditure start to slow down uh, as we go through the first and second quarter of 2023, you're going to see these names continue to lag behind the market a little bit because that is their big business, advertising, and in Microsoft's case, you know, obviously the software licenses and such. Chris Johnson, market strategist with the Johnson Research Group in Cincinnati. Thanks for joining us. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.